0: What's happening? Welcome to Throwing Stones. Alongside Ryan Griffin, I'm Matt Basson, And if you don't know by now, you definitely should know. We talking hoops, and we are going to get to everything regarding the NBA Finals and the Golden State Warriors winning their seventh NBA championship, the fourth for the group of Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Iggy. But before we do, got to remind you guys to like, subscribe, Everywhere you can find us, whether that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, we got full episodes on YouTube as well as DetroitSportsNation.com. Ryan, oh, happy days. We got our wish. The Laker fans of myself and the millions out there got their wish. The Celtics did not get one more than the Lakers. Us being Draymond lovers, adding one more to his resume. No way you're keeping this man out of the Hall of Fame now. Steph Curry finally getting (coughs) his just desserts and getting finals MVP. And it just all came to fruition, what we had talked about leading into this series, where it just looked like... The length of the series and the series before it caught up to the Boston Celtics they just looked worse and worse as the games went on and especially in the fourth quarter and the Golden State Warriors had that extra bit of energy they played smarter they played great on defense ever since giving up 120 points or whatever they gave up in game three to the Celtics they really hunkered down on defense their offense did enough And your Golden State Warriors are the 2022 NBA champions.
1: It's amazing how much one person playing defense can affect the series. Because as the series went on, and where I think it lines up with Golden State's defense getting really good in the series, was Clay Thompson. The first couple days, he was a cone, Mm -hmm. to borrow Patrick Beverly's term about Chris Paul. But then as the series went on longer he was able to stay in front of his guys. Maybe part of it is because like we talked about just now or before the series started and maybe the Celtics were tired. They just didn't have that extra gear. But whatever it was it benefited Clay Thompson on the defensive end because now instead of just Draymond and Wiggins, now you have Draymond, Wiggins, Clay. And then Steph played pretty good defense too. They threw in Gary Payton Jr., and all of a sudden, you have five guys who can really play defense. And it turned the series on its head. Jason Tatum with another really bad performance in game number six, 13 points after scoring 11, I think in the first quarter, or maybe the first half, and finishing the game with only two more points after that. And they just had a bunch of guys they could throw at them. And with the Warriors, it seemed like they got more comfortable as the series went on and it seemed like they didn't have any panic even when they were down two to one and you heard clay say it feels like 2015 Cleveland the same result happened they won the next three games mm-hmm. after being down two mm-hmm. to one and, they, again, they're down 2-1, to one, and Draymond is calling out C.J. McCollum and because McCollum had picked the Celtics to win the series after that, and he said the Celtics are going to be ringless just like you are. And, again, <laughs> yeah. it, it came true. Like, it came to fruition. So I think it's just a, a team that's been there before because the Celtics, they are more athletic. They are obviously bigger. But the Warriors just had the experience. They were playing with – way more poise than that I thought Boston was and they were able to take being punched in the mouth in game 6 as 12 to 2 or 14 to 2 and the building's going crazy and then Golden State after that I think they go on like a 21 to 0 run so you like you can't I don't know, you, you can't obviously let up against the Warriors, and one thing that I'm happy that we got in this series was pretty much even health on both sides. You could say, hey, maybe Tatum had his shoulder or whatever was bothering him, Robert Williams maybe a little bit banged up, but there wasn't a Kevin Durant level injury, we didn't see Clay Thompson go out, no Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love didn't make it to the finals, but there wasn't. A guy in this series who was supposed to be one of the main guys on the team who just wasn't healthy. So I think we got as close to the best versions of both of these teams as you could possibly ask for after they had played 100 games or whatever the number ended up being by the time they started the NBA Finals. And then the Warriors just played great, really, in games four, five, and six. And even if they weren't great on offense like they weren't in game six, they only got to 103 in the NBA that's probably going to lose you most of the games nowadays, but it was really their defense. They had one guy perform the staff went 12-21 and then Poole, Clay, and Wiggins, who are their number two three and four scorers in the series, went 17-50 in game six, and it's still a game that Dubs were able to win by a healthy margin because they were on the back of Steph Curry and on the back of their tremendous defense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The Warriors played better, and there's no question about that. Oh, and Draymond, absolutely. His 12-12-8 was huge in Game 6, and we'll get to that. To me, it comes down, I was trying to think of what the difference is between these Warriors, the Miami Heat... And the Milwaukee Bucks. The two really good teams that the Celtics beat along the way. And yes, the Bucks were missing Chris Middleton. Yes, the Miami had their own health issues as well. And you can't blame the Celtics for that. You play who you play. And if they're healthy, great. If not, you take advantage of it. Like the Celtics did. It wasn't easy. They both went to seven. But I was trying to think what really was the difference. And to me, the difference was the Warriors have multiple ball handlers. And... The Celtics don't. They don't have one. And to me, if the Celtics have Lonzo Ball, a healthy Lonzo Ball, a healthy point guard, floor general, traditional, sees the court, high IQ, moves the ball around, I think we're talking a different series here. But because the Celtics don't have that, the turnovers came so much more into play. And your best players are turning it over crazy amounts
1: yeah, between most, Tatum and most Brown. Most turnovers in playhouse history. Yeah,
0: it, exactly. And it plays such a huge factor. And I'm not taking anything away from what the Golden State Warriors did. They made adjustments, and they should be the ones to make adjustments. They have the experience. Steve Kerr's been at this for a while now. The team in general has been together as a core group for a while now. And this is all new to the Boston Celtics. So them not making as, much, as many adjustments as the Warriors... Makes sense to me because they don't know how to do it yet, and they don't really have the personnel to do it that much with either. And so, the Warriors were able to play to their strengths, play around the Celtics' strengths, and you expected the Celtics to dominate the boards and dominate inside the paint. They dominated the boards somewhat, they still didn't dominate inside the paint. The Warriors were able to still get theirs from close range as well, a lot of that thanks to Andrew Wiggins, but is just a more complete team on the Golden State Warriors side and as good as these Celtics could be not having a real floor general absolutely hurt them in these NBA Finals
1: yeah it hurt them and for the Warriors think, I think your point's interesting because I don't even think there's that many people who can handle the ball on the Warriors. It's certainly more than the Celtics have. But you look at Jordan Poole and Steph Curry, who can really, like, pass and shoot. And you can count Draymond as a ball handler and, like, a facilitator, but he's not a threat to score when the ball's in his hands. So, it's not traditionally the way you look at a ball handler like a Kyrie Irving or even someone like John Rondo who's going to be more of a scoring threat than what Draymond is certainly like at this point in his career. But that's really all it took because it's not like he got that much burn. It, again, Gary Payton, he didn't have the ball in his hands a whole lot. It seemed like when he did, he was setting screens or giving it back up to Steph. And I think why the Warriors can get away with that is – because Steph does such a good job of moving off the ball. And I think this is really what most people say when they mean, like, how Steph is the Warriors' whole offense. And even when KD was here, KD was a better player, not here, but in Golden State. KD was a better player. Steph still made the team go, and it's not just because he – draw so much attention and stuff is because he moves without the ball probably better than honest to god any player in history any superstar in history certainly is you can't you like he's not just going to sit there in the corner he's not just going to run up like and lazily take the ball off the top you have to keep chasing him and because he's the best shooter of all time that's why he's able to get what look like so many open threes right because if you just looked at like the percentage of Steph Curry's threes that he gets when he's open you would say how can a defense possibly let that happen he's the best shooter in history but it's not like a Marcus Smart open three where Tatum's driving someone comes down to help and then it's just smart right there it's because Steph is constantly Moving without the ball, and that's why you don't need a litany of ball handlers because you can just give it to Steph and then he shoots it and then it goes in. So you can get away with only having one or two other of their ball handlers because the guy who's your main guy, who's one of the best threats, is certainly the best threat on your team. One of the best threats in the NBA and one of the best, just like scoring threats in NBA history, is running all around, forcing the defense to stay with him and to pay attention to him all the time. it's not like a James Harden where if he's disengaged, he's just going to be sitting in the corner, sitting in the corner waiting. If the offense on the other side breaks down, he'll round up and try to get the ball. And even like LeBron to a certain extent, where maybe you're trying to post up, but even then, you don't, you're not like. You're not so focused on a post-up unless it's Shaq or somebody that's just so dominant that you have to start sending people to him. But guys like that don't really exist anymore. So with Steph, and I think it's just the Warriors in general, And they've had such great ball movement over the years. I thought this year it was actually probably a little bit less than how they had moved the ball in previous years. But it all starts because Steph's so good at running without the ball. And Klay Thompson, too, one of the best shooters. Except with Klay, that's like his only job where Steph also has the job to initiate the entire offense and it allows a guy like Draymond to shine. It allows a guy like Jordan Poole to shine because I think the difference with the warriors and any of these other teams, it's not to call the, like the other superstars bad, but having Steph do all of that, like, uh, now you have to do it because, oh, Steph Curry's going to do this. If I'm Jordan Poole, I can't come in there and be like, oh, I can just shake you and then pop a shot, which he's still good enough. He'd get minutes in the NBA, even if he played exactly like that. But he's, oh, if Steph's running all around, I have to run around because what do I look like? Do I think I'm better than this? Do I think I'm more important to this team than Steph is? And that's the kind of stuff that rubs off on All the young guys, and I think it's the kind of stuff that people look at, and it's one of the reasons why they think the Warriors, that this might not be the last of the Warriors, and that the Warriors can continue this run.
0: Absolutely, and we had talked about this before, I think, before the finals, for sure. I think it was. It might have even been during or before the Western Finals. We were looking ahead because we didn't think that uh, the Dallas Mavericks were gonna take out the Golden State Warriors in the West. But we had talked about how many more can this team get, and I said flat out, I think this team can get a couple more. You keep the co- the core together and keep doing these strength and numbers, and you have these young cats. We haven't seen Jameis uh, Wiseman yet. We've seen a little bit of Moody. We've seen a little bit of Kaminga. Song with the title. Song <laughs> uh, yeah, with the title. So they have these young. The two years that they were bad because Steph was out, Clay was out, KD left for Brooklyn. So they had this opportunity to get good draft picks, and we'll see what they turn out to be. I think Kuminga is going to be a really good one. We don't know what Wiseman's going to be yet. He hasn't played a minute. But having that influx of what you think is talented youth to go along with this really talented core that you already have, it goes back to the strength and numbers, stuff that they ran through in 2015 of why they won that title. And then you have your leader in year 13, and I talked about it before the finals that we talked about the numbers of Marcus Smart guarding him and how bad Steph was in those small sample sizes, playing twice a year at the most. And a couple of years, it didn't even happen because Steph wasn't playing. But I said, I think Steph's just going to keep running. <laughs> he's just going to end up exhausting him. And me saying it, and because you've seen Steph do it, and then realizing he's doing this in year 13. That's nuts. You don't, like, there's few people. There's Steph, there's Reggie, and there's Rip. Those are the three, I think, of just constant motion offense and good luck guarding him because you're going to get exhausted doing it. And obviously Steph is that to another level. Rip phenomenal at that with the mid-range game, sometimes a three-point range, but most of the time it was 18, 18, 15 foot or something like that. Reggie was obviously, we saw it with the three ball with him back in the day, but not to this level. Not with the volume that Steph's doing it with. And it absolutely frees up the rest of the offense to move and by him being able to do that off the ball while also being a ridiculously skilled ball handler And then on top of that, you have Draymond Green right behind you who's going to get you seven, eight assists. It just makes it so much easier for the Warriors to run their offense. And it just looked like such a mismatch with these Boston Celtics who didn't have anybody to fill that role for them. So you're relying on your two best players, which makes sense if you think about it. You want the ball in your best player's hands, so you want Tatum and Brown to handle it. But they're not that good at that part of that game. And it ended up hurting them, but I don't know who you replace it with because they're not going to be as skilled offensively to do something with the ball when it's in their hands. So it was just a mismatch that the Warriors were able to take advantage of, and they rode it to a three-straight victory. The defense stepped up phenomenally. We saw Steph work his ass off defensively, and we saw the rest of the team. Draymond figured it out. He was able to figure it out to be aggressive but not foul out of the game, which was really huge in Game 6. He was actually able to give them offense. He hit a couple threes to go along with 12 rebounds and eight assists, almost as a triple-double in Game 6. Remind people of what he brings to the table, People are going to say it. You know what people are going to say. He's been carried to these four titles. That's fine. He has absolutely played a very vital part in winning these four titles as well. Do they win the four without him? I personally don't think so. But if Draymond's on a different team, is he this? Is he lauded as much as he is? I also don't think so. It's a perfect match by both sides, the Warriors and Draymond. He showed up in Game 6. It was a huge boost for them. And the Celtics got half of what I said they needed to get. We had talked about it. I said, they need 70. Between their two stars. They need a round 65-70 between Tatum and Brown. Well, Brown gave you 34. He did his half. Tatum, 80, unfortunately. 24. And I think it's partially mental for Tatum. Because he's been the guy talked about. He was the guy talked about against the Brooklyn Nets and KD. He was the guy talked about against the Milwaukee Bucks and somewhat Giannis. And then he was absolutely the guy talked about against Miami and Jimmy Butler. Jalen Brown was the afterthought. He's a star He's not a superstar, according to the the media out there. And so all of this is on Tatum, another young guy who hasn't been here yet and is trying to learn it, to go along with Brown, who's also young and trying to learn it, and then a brand new head coach who's young and trying to figure this stuff out as well. I think it was just too much on one guy's shoulders at a time when He's exhausted. I think this team was absolutely exhausted by this point in the NBA Finals. It was a very long yeah. run for them, and they're not used to it. They haven't been here before. And you know, I think, I hope he comes back better, because there's a lot of things to really like about Jason Tatum's game. But it's just a little bit too much too soon and with not enough help, especially when it came to running the offense.
1: Yeah, the Brown obviously played great in Game 6, but I agree. They were gassed. And it's what we thought might happen before the finals even started and again i want to give us a little bit of credit the pat on the back we said hey it might not show up in the first couple games but you get to game six in game seven and that's when it's gonna rear its ugly head and that was of course enough didn't make it to game seven but made it to game six and that was enough to really decide the series in my opinion because not only are you physically exhausted you're mentally exhausted and i think that's a part of what caused all those turnovers And you talked about Draymond, and he's been an absolutely vital part of these four championships that the Warriors have, but they had some newcomers as well, and a man who was vital for this championship specifically, and it's a title they don't win without him, is the contributions of Andrew Wiggins. He did not play great in Game 6 on the offensive end, but Games 1 through 6, tremendous defensively, he's been really good defensively all year, and he ended up being the Warriors' second leading scorer, second or third. So. Um, second. Him, Pool, and Him, Poole, and Clay were bunched up all pretty close. Yeah, it was second. I was looking at it earlier. So being the Warriors' second leading scorer on a title team and really probably their second best player in the series, it got me thinking because we've seen something like this in Detroit, and I wanted to give it a little bit of a local twist, is when the Pistons got Rasheed Wallace, they, he ended up becoming a vital part on the 2004 championship team. Some big differences, Wiggins was here for years that they are also not very good. This is not his first year in Golden State. And for Rasheed, no, he came halfway through the year, and then they ended up winning the title that, that very same year. But I think they're similar in the sense that they're guys who were asked to come to their new team, and they were asked to take on a smaller offensive load and to pick it up defensively. And that's exactly what both of them did. I still think Rashid was the best player on the two thousand four team. His numbers are never going to show it because it's just not is not what they needed him to do. But I thought he was the most talented player on that team. The argument cannot be weighed cannot be made for Wiggins on this Warriors team. So again, just a, a little bit different. But again, they're guys who came in and they gave the team everything that they needed and they could provided their team with just a consistent source of of everything wiggins might have a pop game here or a real dud game there but for the most part you're getting 15 to 17 points and let's say six to seven and that's just what you're going to get from from andrew wiggins and i do have a a little bit of a game here i pulled some box scores and i want you to guess are they from the 04 finals with Sheed or are they from the 22 and 22 finals with with our man Wiggs here but before we do that just do you see any similarities in their situations they're not really similar players I don't think, but I just think what they meant to their teams had a similar impact.
0: Defensively, absolutely. They were... They were the most important defensive player on the team. And people, Pistons fans, are going to be away. What about Ben Wallace? Rasheed Wallace is the reason Ben Wallace won Defensive Player of the Year so many times. Because Ben Wallace could play help defense. Rasheed Wallace was on the ball defense. And so with Rasheed taking on your best player and then Ben coming in to get the block, get the turnover, and push it up court it made Ben Wallace's life a hell of a lot easier. Rasheed Wallace's on-ball defense was so vitally important. And then obviously the timely threes, he had a great low post game, one of the best low post games, and I hated later Rasheed Wallace because later Rasheed Wallace <laughs> got lazy and stopped wanting to go down to about 10, 12 feet, where he's six foot eleven and he shoots the ball up here where you can't block it because he's six foot 11 and he was so deadly with that turnaround jumper and then he just stuck out to the three-point line for it for so long for the rest of his career with Wiggins defensively absolutely he was he took on the best wing you had and it was vitally important in these finals because the best wing the Boston Celtics had also happens to be the best player the Boston Celtics have so that was huge offensively, even in Game 6 where he didn't have a great game, it was timely buckets. And we'd see that from Rasheed as well. When the Boston Celtics got it to about 6 with about 5 minutes left or so, who hit a big 3 to stretch it back to 9? It was Andrew Wiggins. Who hit another big shot a minute later to keep that lead going? It was Andrew Wiggins. And we'd see that from Rasheed as well in the same kind of situations where we'd need a big bucket and Rasheed was going to get it for us. And so there's absolutely similarities between the two. Is Wiggins the vocal guy that Rashid is absolutely not they could not be more different night and day in that example but that's just who they are but as a game of basketball and how important their defense and offense meant to their team there are a lot of great similarities
1: there is so before we before we get to the box scores Rashid's stats in the 04 finals he averaged 13 points eight boards 1.4 assists, 45% from the field, 25% from three. Wiggins was 18 points. You score, you score a lot more points now than you did back in 2004. Nine rebounds a game, two assists. Uh, 45% field goal percentage again, and just about 30% from three. Again, he took a lot more than Rasheed did. Rasheed had 53%, tr- 53% true shooting percentage, Wiggins at 51.5. So they're pretty similar, I think, especially if you adjust the 4 pace to, like, today. I think Rashid would definitely be closer to that 18 points a game mm-hmm. and start to look really weary. But now here's some fun. We have some box scores for you in the audience. Of course, you can play along at home. But do you think this is a Rasheed box score from the 2004 finals, or do you think it's an Andrew Wiggins box score from the 2022 finals? So number one, 18 points, 7 to 16 shooting, 1 to 6 from 3, 7 rebounds and 2 assists. Is that Sheed or is that Wiggins?
0: That feels like Wiggins.
1: You're a bright man. That is indeed Andrew Wiggins' stats from game three. Now let's go to the number two. 26 points, 10 of 23 shooting, 0 of 5 from 3, 13 rebounds, 2 assists. Is that
0: Sheed or is that Wiggins? Oh, well, this is cheating because this box score stands out. It was his best box score in these finals, so it's Wiggins. Ah, wrong. Aha!
1: That is actually Reed <laughs> hey. Game 4. Now, I know why you think it's cheating because I had to double check. This next one we're going to give you. It's going to be Wiggins, and you're going to know that because it's damn near the same. 26 points, 12 of 23 from the field, oh, a 6 from 3, 13 rebounds again, and 2 assists again.
0: See, that's it's cheating. Andrew
1: Wiggins in Game 5. <laughs> that's cheating. I, I, they're damn near identical. Wiggins hit two more shots. <laughs>
0: That's funny. And then
1: the final one we have, 11 points, 5 of 14 shooting, 0 of 3 from 3, 7 rebounds, and 3 assists. Is that Sheed or is that Wiggins?
0: It sounds like a Sheed game that pisses me off.
1: It is the one game they lost in 2004. That is Game 2, Rasheed Wolves.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a bad shooting night for Rasheed. <laughs>
1: Wiggins had a couple of those in oh, yeah. this game, too. The the hard part was it seemed like Wiggins took, I think, more free throws. And in some of those games where he had those rough shooting nights, so he had some threes. It would be like 17 points against, like, Rasheed would have 11 or 8 in one game or something. So uh, a, a little bit more difficult. I, I tried to find the ones I thought they could best mirror each other. But... Yeah, yeah, they had a really similar performance in the finals, and obviously they had a similar result. And uh, I can't be any happier because Rashid's one of my favorite players ever, and Wiggins is not one of my favorite players ever. But I certainly like him more than most people do and did before everybody started to love
0: him. Yeah, part of the part of liking him is he got, he really got a raw deal, just in general coming into the league. Everything that happened from being shipped off from the team that took him, and then. Everything with Carl uh, Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler stuff. Who Jimmy Butler. How mad is Jimmy Butler right now <laughs> that Andrew Wiggins got himself an NBA championship before Jimmy Butler did? Look, we know that's a different role. Jimmy Butler is the unquestioned leader of the Miami Heat. But it's still it's got to needle him a little bit that, that Andrew Wiggins has a ring and he doesn't.
1: Well, according to Draymond, Wiggins or uh, Butler liked Wiggins. Oh, he told that story from So it, was, uh, it was just
0: Cat then that he didn't like? Because <laughs> he was calling out it was Draymond, everybody.
1: I think it, it might have been Thibodeau. Draymond said Thibodeau told him a story where... Not a story, but he was like, hey, you're going to like Wiggins because Butler liked Wiggins, and if Jimmy likes you, there's nothing soft about you or something like that. Now Draymond could have just been saying that to up his teammate. Who knows? I doubt Tibbs is going to come out and corroborate it or just flat-out deny it. They do have some deniers, though. The Warriors do, and they they made no, <laughs> no qualms about mentioning all the people that they felt and that they heard slight them on their way to the title. And it's a team that's perfect because people, if the Warriors had lost, people would get mad at them for reading the headlines, right? How can you be focused on what Nick Wright said? You should be winning the NBA Finals. Draymond, how can you be doing this podcast? You got to be focused on basketball. But the Warriors won and they shut everybody up. And a list of people they called out. Clay called out Jaron Jackson Jr. for a tweet that he had back in March. He didn't, even, he didn't say it after they beat him in the playoffs, which you thought is probably a more appropriate time to, to bring up that tweet. He waited until they won the championship <laughs> to then clap back at Jaron Jackson Jr. Draymond called out Nick Wright for his Wiggins take that has gone viral ten times since the playoffs has started. Steph Curry, I he poked a little bit at Brian Windhorst for his checkbook win comments. Who? Oh, Clay Clay went at somebody else. I can't remember who, but I'm sure I'm sure there's more. Well, uh, Steph the, the NBA
0: out. crew when they said how many more titles oh, is Steph yeah, yeah, win yeah, the, is the, the zero.
1: Yeah, they mentioned that. Uh, Draymond was on Twitter. I think he went at Skip Bayless. Not Stephen A. Skip Bayless, Dave Pornoy, who runs Barstool. So just an all-out petty fest for for the Warriors.
0: Yeah, it rightfully looked... More to come, I'm sure. The Celtics had their revenge tour, and they got their revenge on the Nets, on the Bucks, and on the Heat. The Warriors weren't part of that revenge tour, obviously, because they hadn't faced each other in the playoffs before. So there was no revenge needed for the Boston Celtics. But the Warriors are absolutely on the petty tour they Steph last year may of last year was saying we're not healthy blah lot blah, blah. you don't want to see us next year and he was absolutely right them coming out and saying this team ain't gonna win anymore and Steph commenting and sitting there afterwards with a big zero over his eye how about now and Draymond yelling after the game what are they gonna say now and Steph saying the same thing what are they gonna say now and finally winning that finals MVP Clay coming back from the injury two of the worst years a man could have as a professional athlete to come back his first season back, not even a full season, and they win the championship. They come right back, and Draymond called it out right away. Welcome back to the Warrior Invitational.
1: It is a, it is a bar. I think Steph particularly, n- not that he's been doing the particular most, I can't say S-talk, but I guess I'll just say that because I can't think of another word. Poop the, talk. The talking talk. That, you're right. The <laughs> talking that Draymond's been doing, but I think he's the one who shut the most people up because uh, obviously it was the finals MVP thing. And there's just so much, I think, vindication from Steph and the Warriors as a whole, even from when Draymond and KD – went back and forth on the court and apparently it stemmed from draymond saying leave we don't need you to win like we we won we won before you we'll win without you and they did (laughs) right katie left the warriors won it took them a couple years but they are champions once again and Again, it's just a title that doesn't come with an asterisk. At least one I can think of. Maybe someone will get creative. But Kevin Love and Kyrie weren't hurt, or the equivalents of them, whatever on Boston would be. They weren't hurt. Steph wasn't the second best player on this team. He carried the team to win. He had the one game that wasn't good, and the Warriors won anyway. But in the other five games, he was tremendous, and he got his finals MVP, ties him uh, with one, with Isaiah Tal- with a bunch of people. But with Isaiah Thomas, too, another shooting or another point guard who has two titles, only one finals MVP. Steph, obviously, has a couple more titles than what Isaiah does. And I don't think... I don't know know what else you could say about him that, like, you can't really say he doesn't play defense either. He played defense in this series. And, again, he led a team that's not a quote-unquote super team. Um, And I think, I don't know what else you would say about him if you were, like, a Steph Curry
0: detractor. The detractors are going to find something every single time. But there are certain things that Steph got rid of completely. There is no question who the best player in the NBA Finals was this year, and it was Steph Curry. He should have won finals MVP in 2015. They can make all the smoke they want about Andre Godala. Look, I love Andre Godala. At the time, I was happy that Iggy won finals MVP. I figured Steph was going to get it multiple times after this, (laughs) honestly. And then they went and got KD. And so now you're no longer the unquestioned best player on your team. It's an argument now between him and KD. Most people are leaning KD's way. Again, he didn't play as great in, I think it's the first KD championship Right? The second one is the one that he dropped 29-8-8 yeah. eight and eight, or whatever it yeah, was, Yeah, the right? second one was so, the triple, yeah. the basically triple double. First one, he didn't play as great. Katie really blew him out of the water. It was obvious, no question, who, sh- who should have been finals MVP on the Warriors' side. It was Kevin Durant. That second year that they won it together, there was an argument, a re- legit argument for Steph Curry, or for them, I think the most popular argument was, share it. Co-MVPs, because they were both that important to them getting that championship. This time around, there's no question who the best player on the floor was, night in and night out, except for literally one night where his team picked him up. But other than that, it was Steph Curry, it was number 30, and there's no question. He stepped his game up, he stepped his game up defensively, he did what needed to be done offensively, and... There, yeah, again, there is no asterisk with this one. It was on the If, if there's an asterisk, it's on who was the Eastern Conference champions because they're going to say forever that the Celtics beat Milwaukee without Chris Middleton, and they beat Miami, who was dealing with injuries on their own. Look, injuries are part of the game. It just happens. It's just the, the luck of the draw if your team stays healthy enough to get you to the championship and then win the championship. But for the step detractors out here, they're going to have to try a lot harder now because he is a four-time champion and a... Two-time regular season MVP, first unanimous MVP, the greatest shooter we've ever seen, and now a finals MVP to go with it. And he ain't done. There's a, they already came out immediately. The Warriors are the favorite next year to win the championship. If they grow these young guys, if if Poole gets better and more consistent, Kaminga, Moody get better, and you start seeing them actually playing real minutes in the NBA, we, Wiseman, we'll see what we get out of him, but they're not going to get worse. They're not going to be worse next year than they are this year. They're not losing anybody that is a detriment to the team by them being lost. I'm almost positive Wiggins is still under contract. For one more year. For one Uh, more year? Uh, uh, they uh, already talked about extending Exactly, you're going to extend that, And (laughs) that, go back to the petty tour real quick. The one guy who really had a ton that could have been said and didn't. Andrew Wiggins, that man had every right to come out on the Petty Tour, but that's just not his style. He doesn't do that much talking. He's not that animated, but he had every right. He could have came out and blasted everybody over the last eight years for all the stuff that was said about him. But Steph, if you still have a problem with Steph Curry, and from what I've heard from people that don't like Steph Curry, is that he's cocky. Okay sorry he's earned it a little bit and it's not even in a rude kind of cockiness it's a playful cockiness which makes me laugh most of the time when he does the things he does but he's just such a joy to watch play basketball it's a beautiful game to watch when he's on his game and i don't know what you could say about this man to detract anymore from what he has done for this game for that team that franchise and for himself four-time champ two-time mvp finals mvp He's making, he's moving his way up. We talked about legacy and what would happen if they lost it. Where would his legacy be? Look, now he keeps going up, and he won this one, and they're not done. This man might end up having six the same as Michael Jordan by the time his career is done, and there's going to be a lot of stuff being said if that's the case when it's all said yeah, and done. Yeah,
1: I think that I think it's very well said. Before we get you out of here, I want one more quick question because it's something I saw. Is a better finals trio, Draymond, Clay, and Steph, or Shaq, Kobe? Insert third guy. Is that superpower two plus one more enough to overtake a pretty great
0: three? It, it depends when we're playing. <laughs> if you're playing today, no. But if you're going back a little bit, then, you, look, Shaq and Kobe were a phenomenal duo. But there was no, it was it Robert Ory sometimes? It was it Rick Fox sometimes? It was it Devin George sometimes? There was no third picture. sometimes. Oh, like, but there was no third so that's so hard to say and you know me with my boy kobe i'm not going to go against him if he came into the league in a time like this where it was all about shooting deep all the damn time you best believe number eight slash 24 would have got quite proficient at it
1: as mike i think i think shaq kobe and insert a third guy are still probably better than these three see, I think the, Just, I think Shaq and Kobe are both better than Steph and then <laughs> <laughs> like and then, see for me the that fun that argument is Steph,
0: the, those three versus Duncan Manu and Parker to to me I think it's no question I think the Warriors have that even though the, yeah the me too the, the Spurs have it down low but Draymond I think could do enough to bother tim duncan that it would make it interesting and then you're just dealing with the shooting of clay and steph and it took a long time for tony parker to become really a part of that offense as a shooter and manu was just was sketchy they got it figured out obviously in the look yeah. they won it no three five seven and then 14 for the last time but yeah like this trio has been, been pretty damn good four titles in eight years and they ain't done <laughs>
1: Yeah, they have. The only thing that I don't like about those greatest trio things, and I understand why it happens, but as much as I love Clay and Draymond, if you're just going to talk about once won multiple titles, you got to throw KD in there and then just take your pick of Clay or Draymond, whoever you want. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously better than. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. You, you can take us out. I think that's all we have. Exciting. We're going to have another show, and then on the NBA draft, I am going to be live with you guys, and hopefully the Pistons pick who I want them to pick, or maybe we get a fun Jeremy Grant trade. But a whole, a whole lot of stuff coming, and I am, I'm excited for the draft on Thursday.
0: Yeah, so make sure you guys tune into Facebook live on Thursday during the NBA draft. Ryan will be hitting it up for you, and uh, hopefully, the Detroit Pistons make the correct pick. So, appreciate you guys Chip hanging shop. out with us. He's Ryan Griffin. I'm Matt Baston. Thanks for hanging out with us on Throwing Stones, and we'll see you guys again soon.